We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening in to another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have 5, 10, 15 seconds to spare, please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show. Cam Akers will be unavailable for the Rams. Anthony Miller has been traded to the Texans and we're answering listener questions on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz. Couple of quick housekeeping items here. I wanted to let the listeners know that uh, probably on a couple of different shows on the network, our show included, we're going to start trying to just toss in some bonus episodes into the rotation uh, just to get out as much content as possible before the season starts and just get you completely ready for your drafts this year. So you'll see those popping up at random times, but we will still also be doing the regular schedule of Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning and Friday morning, but be on the lookout for those bonus episodes that will pop up here and there randomly. I also wanted to mention too, that uh, I realized I've been having a little bit of problem with the notifications on the uh, voice messages and some of the emails coming into the account. So if I missed anything that you sent in, I apologize for that. But uh, I've looked through the backlog. I think I've got them all. I think we only, there's only a couple that I hadn't seen. Uh, but we're going to start working those in onto some shows. And in fact, we have some listener questions that we're going to uh, talk about this week. But unfortunately, we got a hit and very unfortunate news headline. A player that we had talked a lot about, Curtis. That's Cam Akers. Suffers an Achilles injury. 
he's going to miss the entire 2021 season. Obviously, this has very negative uh, impact. This, you know, this is just not good for his career for obvious reasons. Um, so it's really just a shame. So we're going to quickly react to that. Then um, I can kind of walk through some of the pieces of information you might be interested in on how that relates to Daryl Henderson. But first, Curtis, like how much of a blow is this for acres from a dynasty perspective? How big of a blow is this? Uh, Can you try to spin some positivity here? No, I really can't, man. Uh, I can't. It's, It's a huge negative. Uh, for Cam Akers, just because of the the data we have on running back performance after Achilles injuries, um, there's there's quite a few you know medical studies out there uh, around um, athlete recoveries, you know from from various injuries, Achilles included. And uh, I actually found one that that was published within the last five years that uh, was specific to NFL position. Um, it was very very expertly written, and uh, running back performance. Uh, it seemed to indicate that running backs struggle more than any other position uh, to recover to their pre-injury form after an Achilles injury. Uh, the the authors uh, indicate that you know running backs are are more dependent on explosion uh, and you know quick twitch uh, you know movements. You know there's a lot of planting, changing of direction, etc. All things that you need your Achilles tendon for. Uh, and production, no one has uh, returned to better than 70% of uh, pre-injury production. Now, a lot of the injuries in the, the sample size of these players uh, were players that were a, a few years older than Cam Akers, you know, age 26 and above uh, most frequently. So um, there's a little bit of hope for Akers in that, you know, he's young. He's younger than a lot of the athletes that had uh, suffered these injuries. And then, you know, I've seen a lot of... Uh, various medical professionals, not all MDs. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of different me- medical specialties that like to weigh in, uh, on Twitter and various social media platforms when players are injured. And, you know, I've seen them going back and forth around, well, Hey, ask Kevin Durant, if you can come back from an Achilles injury and, and still play and basketball players need, you know, uh, explosive movements. And so, you know, the jury's really out. All I would say is all the information we have available to us about the specific position that Cam Akers plays is that he would really be breaking basically an NFL history old trend of running backs, not returning to their, you know, their pre-entry form after this type of injury. So um, it doesn't make sense to bet with Cam Akers. It makes sense to bet against him. And so, uh, you know, redraft, luckily this isn't the type of injury that he suffered you know, in April or something for fantasy purposes where you're like, Hey, would it make sense to stash him at the end of my draft? And then, you know, do I waste a roster spot on him all year? This is really only a dynasty question uh, about Cam Akers specifically. And I know you and I and Sean all updated our dynasty rankings, you know, on Cam Akers. We're all around the same area. Uh, I know Sean and I specifically placed a second round super flex valuation on him at this point. I don't know where you're at, Dave, uh, Maybe you can fill the listeners in and then, you know, I have maybe one or two other comments before we we hit uh, Daryl Henderson. Yeah, well, so the first thing I'll say too, you know, in addition to the impact physically that you have from him with this injury, there's also just the career impact from it. Because we see that when young backs 
aren't able to get on the field early on or they're not able to carve out significant roles early on which he had done but now he's going to miss this year we've just seen many ways that that can derail a career so it's another one of the early years of production that's now going to be gone for, for him he's going to have to work his way back assimilate into that offense next year which could be a bit of an uphill battle depending on how things go so just no matter how you come at this especially at his position it is not a it's very hard to feel good about acres moving forward. I mean, naturally that that's no news there, but I forget exactly what I valued him as when I updated right after the injury. Now that I've had some time to take it in, think a little bit more about what we've seen other backs be able to do in similar situations. I am just not feeling great. And I, I would have trouble spending a first rounder on him. So I think I may be, I would maybe do like a second and a third um, trying to get acres onto my roster as a player that I'm kind of speculating on. But I don't think at this point I would be putting any type of investment into him unless I'm in a team where I'm just so flush with capital that it doesn't matter um, or that, you know, it's really hard for me actually to envision where a scenario where that would happen on any teams that I have currently. Uh, so you know, that that's kind of where I'm at on acres before we move over to Henderson, though, any closing thoughts? Yeah. And I'll try to expand on these, you know, I'd like to do a couple of preseason episodes of dynasty command center pod. Uh, also one of our proud podcasts here on the radio, uh, on road of his radio. Uh, I hit a lot of my dynasty takes obviously on this pod with you now, since we're talking so frequently, but I think uh, before the season, we want to really uh, do some deep dives on, um, some, you know, major heavy hitting dynasty topics and of course, handling acres and other players, you know, big name players who've been injured is important business to take care of. Um, you know, the, the one blessing, you know, I think we're, we're looking at this from a, what would you buy acres perspective? Uh, but for those uh, who are looking for, well, I own them. What should I sell them for? Luckily there was so much buzz, so much buzz and positivity out there from major accounts. Uh, on cam makers really having a breakthrough this year uh, that there's definitely a market to to acquire them. I mean, I, in, in one of my high stakes FFPC dynasty leagues, just earlier this week, I saw somebody get Juju Smith-Schuster straight up for cam makers. I mean, you know, I would do that, I, you know, not that Juju isn't a, a perfect dynasty asset anymore. I mean, we have some questions about, you know, what he'll look like in the long run. Um, but I would definitely take that caliber of player in exchange for Cam Akers uh, all day, every day. There's so many more ways that that Juju can win. Um, and even despite all the, the noise going on, you know, with him last year in Pittsburgh, you know, he's still a really productive fantasy player, scored a lot of touchdowns. So um, if you own Akers, I think the market is going to widely vary, but you would be doing yourself a disservice if you don't explore a market that might exceed your expectations. So when I say... I think second round, you know, future draft pick is a is a fair rookie value rookie pick equivalent valuation for him. That doesn't mean that you couldn't get a lot more. Um, so you should definitely be kicking the tires on potential Cam Akers buyers who might view an opportunity to buy him for a single first as a discount versus what they could have got thirty days ago. Um, so I think that puts a that puts a ribbon on Cam Akers for today. But we'll get into that more from a dynasty perspective, uh, both on the site and on the dynasty command center. Pod. Awesome. So that naturally brings us to Daryl Henderson. And later in the week, we might talk a little bit more about 
how you handle a player like this in Dynasty. But for our purposes today, I really want to focus in on redraft. So Daryl Henderson, I'm not sure if people remember, they probably do. But he actually had in the first five games last season, three RB1 weeks with week two against Philadelphia, 20 points, week three against Buffalo, 19. And then when he played Washington in week five, put up 21.8 points. So there is a precedent of him performing at a high level in split games with Cam Akers, 10. I was split five scored uh, 9.7 PPR points per game to 8.16 uh, when playing without acres versus with. So not, uh, you know, a tr- tremendous difference there. Of course, that's a very, very small sample. Um, but I think one of the reasons that people also liked acres so much heading into this season was when it became clear that he was the main guy in that backfield. We saw him shoulder a very large workload and put up a lot of expected points, which we've talked about how important those are. So from week 13 on went 20 expected points, 20, 12, 20. And actually in week 17, I think that Henderson got a fair amount of usage as well. So we've seen running backs have success with Sean McVay in the past. We've seen acre strength things together at the end of the season. A lot of people, like you mentioned, were very excited about acres one of the reasons that I was not entirely sold on acres having as much upside or being as clear of a lock as an RB one as other people had was the fact that Henderson was behind him. And I thought, because what we've seen of Henderson at points that throughout a full season, it didn't seem likely to me that Henderson wouldn't get mixed into things. And as a result of that, that would limit some of what acres would be able to do. So we're now faced with this interesting situation where you have a player that I think could be pretty talented, maybe could be a little bit better than average, but I don't think is as good as acres, but the situation has now changed because Henderson doesn't have somebody equivalent to himself playing behind him. You'll also, as a result of that, have people not being as quite as enthused about Henderson as they were as acres. So I still think that, uh, you know, you could see him creeping up into round three, who knows, maybe some leagues, the end of round two, but that's much better than where you were getting acres. I view Henderson as a round three type of pick at this point in my projections, he comes out mm-hmm. relatively similar to how acres did, uh, not quite as strong, but when I look at the full picture, I think that you should be viewing Henderson as maybe like 85% of what you would have been viewing acres as. So, I mean, I think that this is a player that could have a lot of utility as an RB two on a lot of fantasy football teams this year. And I could even see scenarios where he could be the RB one on my team. And I would feel all right with that. What about you, Curtis? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow. Yeah. I, I, it's hard to disagree. Uh, it's hard to dis- disagree there. Um, I'm going to go over some of the thoughts that I've had uh, since all of this broke. It's only been, uh, as, as of the time we're recording this, it's only been six days. It, it kind of, in some ways it feels like it happened last night and in other ways it feels like it happened three months yep. ago. <laughs> That's just the time of the, uh, the NFL and fantasy news cycle that we're in. Uh, just the, the weird, you know, summer Bermuda triangle of things. Um, so I'm going to go through a timeline of kind of my immediate thoughts, you know, right after it happened, I also said, Dave, immediate bump to third round for Daryl Henderson and redraft formats, room to climb pending team actions to follow. Uh, in my opinion, his situation is the same as Joe Mixon, unchallenged, presumed bell cow on an ascending offense. We just haven't seen him heavily utilized before. Um, and, you know, and I got a little bit of flack for that. Uh, I then followed that with. Dynasty rankings updates, Cam Akers, RB40, Daryl Henderson, RB22. <laughs> um, the, I then that day, that day, traded uh, in a Superflex tight end premium dynasty league. I sent a 2023 first and Russell Gage. It's a presumed late first. Uh, this is a solid team and it's out two years. I typically devalue by a round per year. So I kind of view that as you know a second round pick, right? So I sent a by my valuation, I sent a future second to Russell Gage for Daryl Henderson. Got completely yep. flamed for that. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, mostly by, I'm sure by Cam Akers, you know, stands on that who don't want to see, you know, Daryl Henderson take advantage of the opportunity that Akers would have had this year. Um, and then uh, as of a couple of days ago, I was able to report per our Rotoviz FFPC ADP report. So, you know, part of our awesome suite of tools for, higher stakes leagues. Uh, and, you know, in particular, we have a, a really robust set of uh, tools and apps uh, to carve up FFPC drafts. So in, in best ball drafts over the, the past couple of days, it's crazy, man. I mean, it's Daryl Henderson rocket ship. He was in the fourth round already um, as of uh, three days ago. And so I think the trajectory as people get more and more comfortable and the longer the Rams go without adding anyone else in the backfield, yep. uh, the more confident you will see uh, people get in this and you know and so some some questions that I think are fair to ask are you know people are high on Clyde Edwards Elaire including our own Sean Siegel who just wrote a really compelling article on why Edwards Elaire might be one of the key you know very key players to you know solving the 2021 fantasy season riddle but I mean the Rams are going to be a high-powered offense I think most people believe that uh, Henderson has you know similar draft capital to CEH um, CEH was not all that 
impressive from a fantasy production standpoint. The team kind of kept the kid gloves on uh, with him in the same way that we saw with Henderson. Um, and, you know, I, I think had Damian Williams not opted out of the season, but I've seen a very similar rookie season trajectory for CEH that we saw from Daryl Henderson. So, you know, it's just really, you know, really, when you start to look at the kind of the, the context from 50,000 foot, I think the conditions are there for Daryl Henderson to still, you know, salvage and actually become a uh, salvage a career and actually become a really effective NFL yeah. running back and a really desirable offense to operate out of. You know, going back to the prospect box score scout, one of my favorite dynasty tools we have on the site, Dave. Number one sim score comp for Daryl Henderson out of college. Uh, this is a second year back who many people think is going to absolutely explode this year based off of some of his efficiency metrics from year one. He is a 100% sim score match for J.K. Dobbins. You don't see scores like that too often. Usually like your closest match is like 80, 85, 100% sim score match for J.K. Dobbins. You also see Tevin Coleman in there, David Wilson, former first round pick. Uh, Darius Geis, who, you know, obviously didn't put it together, but was just an impeccable uh, running back prospect, Jamal Charles. So, I mean, there are a lot of positives in his, you know, college production and uh, athletic measurables profile that, you know, it's too early to have given up on a player like this. We've people continue to make the case for players like Ronald Jones. Like, why should we be looking at Daryl Henderson any differently this year? Then we looked at Ronald Jones last year um, and he was like everyone's favorite hero RB pick yep. in 2020. So th- th- that really sums up my thoughts. I mean, I, I'm definitely all in on speculating on Daryl Henderson this year because you, no matter what happens, he's not going to rise to the point where missing on him would destroy your chances in redraft. Missing on him in dynasty will not destroy the assets that you hold. Um, but if he hits and he becomes what Acres would have become at what he's costing right now in, in every format, the payoff is just really, really huge. Uh, this is the type of back that I think makes a lot of sense for the Rotoviz mindset to invest in. So that's uh, my co- my collection of thoughts. Anything you want to respond to there? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that just the way you presented in that context is, and it shouldn't be surprising to people is really more or less where my head at is at, uh, as a prospect, I want to know the year that he was coming out, I actually had him as my top ranked running back. Um, which maybe that doesn't matter now, but we're only a couple of years removed from that. So I just want to remind people out there that the excitement that you would have had about a guy like acres that really should translate over to Henderson, especially now, given that you're getting it, at a discount. So that's my closing thoughts there. Uh, I just don't want people overlooking Henderson. I'm sure that he'll get into more conversations that we have. And we'll talk about where ADP settles for him as we approach the season. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, he could be pretty exciting. Um, another move. Well, I guess that wasn't a move, but a trade that did take place, a player that there was a lot of speculation on for a number of months now, but where he would end up, the bears did move Anthony Miller. He is going into a Houston's Texans offense with a lot of question marks right now, specifically at quarterback, uh, as a bear last year, he saw 82 targets. My quick and dirty take on this as, as it relates to Chicago is, I think this is a situation where those targets go a lot of different ways. So maybe you get a small gump, a small bump to Mooney 
two, Allen Robinson, maybe Cole Komet, just a little bit of an uptick in targets. But I think that you're going to see Demir Bird step in at least presumptively right now he's listed as the third player on the depth chart. But, you know, I don't think that this drastically changes things for anybody in the Chicago offense. Before we talk about the impact in Houston, you on the same page with me there, Kurt, or so do you think that there might be a piece I I'm overlooking maybe with the running backs? I don't know. In Chicago. Um, no, I mean, I think uh, it, it, Matt Nagy already hated Anthony Miller. So exactly. I don't think it really mattered who the quarterback was. Like he wasn't going to have, he just wasn't going to have a big role regardless of what you think about his talent. So, you know, I, th- I think A-Rob, Mooney, Komet, and a combination of uh, Montgomery and, and Cohen, if, Co- if Cohen is really all, all together there, th- that was going to be the distribution target. So yeah, we're, we're in lockstep. Yeah. And then, yeah, the final thought there was, I don't think that you should have been excited about Anthony Miller anyway, so that clearly doesn't give us another player that's going to step in and take it. However, though, we do kind of now have an interesting situation in Houston because the two receivers at the top of that depth chart Now you have Brandon Cooks, who we talked about how, you know, maybe he's getting overlooked at this point. They also have a very aged Randall Cobb at this point. Of course, they have Kiki Kuti as well. Some different guys on the depth chart. It looks like Miller could slot in as the third look in the offense. Do you think that there's any chance we see him start to challenge for that wide receiver two role on the team? And I guess to just kind of frame this question in a more interesting way, let's say under some weird scenario, Deshaun Watson is the quarterback and we knew that going into the season, just hypothetically, would you be interested about Miller at all? You have a lot to say about all this stuff. Um, So, yeah, so one, um, we now know that, you know, Deshaun Watson, I mean, he's going to be in camp. He's going to be in camp till the NFL uh, acts on this situation. Um, they are definitely hedging so that they can play both sides, but it seems that they're waiting for a better understanding of what the possible uh, criminal charges could be, which I'm not sure how far we are from those types of things. And so you could end up seeing a situation where there's not more clarity until midway through the season or even after the season to where Watson could potentially, you know, serve uh, some type of suspension next season in 2022. Uh, so there's a there's a the fact that he has showed up without the NFL place. I mean, he's not even on the commissioner's exempt list. Yeah, like you would have think you you would have thought that would have been a you know a preemptive move just to protect the league from uh, an appearances standpoint. Given like the the really, I think in recent years mostly responsible uh, application of an anti domestic violence uh, you, you know approach to how they want to handle. Yep membership in the, in the NFLPA and, you know, you know, I mean, definitely erring on the side of caution and, you know, rightfully so. So anyway, the fact that he's there in camp all of a sudden brings, you know, Houston Texans offense, even though it may, may or may not change their win total projections, it definitely makes the offense more interesting. Um, and so you start to look at that wide receiver depth chart. I don't know if you saw this news update today, Dave, uh, this, and this is from Trey Wingo. So it's not, you know, from nobody, uh, seems to be getting information from Packers camp that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have worked things out. And part of that working things out uh, scenario is that the Packers have to bring back Randall Cobb. Um, that so, is, I you know, did that's not pretty, see that piece. That's, that's like, super is, interesting. 
Yeah. And so uh, that, that, you know, we could really spin off into some other direct, this is going to be like, you know, one of the old shows with Friedman where we're going to just, you know, (laughs) pretend that there's not really a show sheet to talk about what we want to talk about. Um, And so, you know, I think, uh, I think we can question a, whether or not Cobb will even be there and then B, whether it even really matters. Uh, He hasn't looked, you know, the last three seasons, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I just don't think he's a difference maker. It makes sense to, to give these looks to some younger players understand, you know, what you have there in the offense. Um, so, you know, I think there's a range of outcomes within the wide receiver room where yes, Anthony Miller to answer your question could be the wide receiver too. Um, and then, you know, the other thought I had on this, I was trying to think of other players who, you know, may have had a career arc kind of like Miller, but then things still ended up kind of working out. And, you know, a name that came up for me actually was Robert Woods. Um, you know, if you go back and and remember, you know, this has been, you know, nine years ago, eight or nine years ago now in Buffalo, you know, despite second round draft capital, Woods just couldn't really break through. I mean, he, in, in all four seasons in Buffalo, he failed to have a 700 yard receiving season. And he only eclipsed 85 targets one time in those four years, despite, you know, the, the significant investment. And, you know, back then, I think you had Stevie Johnson around, but it's not like Buffalo had a lot of options beyond that. Um, and so you start looking at Anthony Miller, start looking at what he, what he did in college, you know, obviously a smaller school guy out of Memphis. But man, his comps, his similar players in the road of his box score uh, scout, just really impressive. I mean, his two closest matches are Jarvis Landry and Keenan Allen. You know, we also see Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and... Robert Woods. These are all players showing up in his top 12 sims. I mean, you know, that's a really, really impressive, um, you know, group to think of. And then there's also some other players who ended up being, you know, relevant, at least in short uh, bursts. You know, Reuben Randall's in there, uh, flamed out pretty quickly, but was fantasy relevant for one season. And Christian Kirk is also in that list. So, you know, that's a, it's just really strong. Now, and I think that serves to describe, you know, the type of talent that Miller might have given his college production. Now he's in a new team um, with an unclear wide receiver depth chart. We like to speculate uh, in uncertain situations and scenarios. And then you have the added bonus of maybe having, you know, one of the, the best possible quarterbacks to be paired with for a fantasy breakout. So, yeah, I think it makes sense to speculate in the Anthony Miller market in every format right now uh, until, you know, until people either gain a little bit more clarity about Deshaun Watson um, or, you know, I think after like a a potential Randall Cobb trade, the market would heat up for a player like Miller, Um, you know, but until like something. Yeah, I think that's a perfectly fair argument. Um, And I don't think that it's outside of the realm of possibility. And this is maybe more for, players that are drafting high volume in, in best ball leagues right now. I don't think that it's outside of the realm of possibility. You might get a couple of usable weeks from him, even without Deshaun Watson, because if you look at the other receivers on this team, I think it's fair to assume that they might not stay healthy the entire season. You know, this is a team that uh, is probably going to need to be trying to find some identity. And it's possible that some of that goes through uh, using a younger receiver. And Anthony, Anthony Miller might prove, like you said, that he's better than you would be led to believe after what we've seen from him in Chicago. So I had said that we were going to get to, Oh, 
Curtis, pop in here quickly. I, I got one more thing on Anthony Miller, man. So uh, one of the best tools to go for, especially when a player, you know, we got a couple seasons, so we don't have to look at small sample sizes. Uh, always love, you know, the GOAT fantasy app, the, the Rotoviz Game Splits app. Anthony Miller, when in his three-year career, when receiving uh, just five or more targets per game, okay? 20 games where that's happened, 26 where it hasn't. In the 20 games where he's gotten at least five targets, he averages 12.18 PPR. That's 195 PPR pace. That's basically borderline wide receiver two numbers in most uh, fantasy seasons. So, uh, if, I mean, if you think that in the Houston Texans offense that Anthony Miller could potentially get five targets a game, um, he's shown that he can produce, uh, you know, at a, what amounts to an 80 target pace. Uh, we'll have to adjust all those numbers now with a 17 game NFL season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think all the ingredients are there for a player like Miller to salvage his career like Robert Woods did. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to add that last point in because uh, this is where the tools can help when things are. Yeah, absolutely. And I will tell you, the Game Splits app is wildly popular. Um, I can't tell you how many like analysts from other large sites that I've talked to, you know, that are like, hey, like just want to let you guys know we love the Game Splits app. And I can also tell because I track, you know, which pages and which tools users use the most. People love the Game Splits app. So, you know, it's one of these funny, like tried and true old things at Rotoviz that I think we'll always endure as just, you know, a game changer in the in the uh, fantasy analysis department. I had said at the top of the show that we were going to field some listener questions. These topics, which were just two of them, managed to get us through a whole 30 minutes, Curtis. So I'm actually going to push some of these uh, great listener questions into the next show. And who knows, we might just keep rolling in this recording session, just record four pods at once. Bonus episode. I can feel it. (laughs) all right so on that note uh we will be back tomorrow um to answer those listeners questions thanks for listening to the rotoviz fantasy football show don't forget to rate review and subscribe follow us on twitter at dave cabin ff and at c patrick nfl email us at rotoviz ff show at gmail.com visit rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener only discounts and until next time thanks for stopping by